Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Hello. Super exciting intro from Jim there. I mean, I'm exhausted. We had social media flying. We had the playoffs flying. We had we were we were on it this weekend, Muff. I'm not gonna lie. Then you you know you did something special, adding us another adventure. We have YouTube or YouTube channel, which we've had the YouTube channel, but we have not posted anything. So um, I would like to sit here and say that I can go like www.youtube forward slash sports stuff Jim and Muff, but you have to get to like so many subscribers before they let you customize. Is that right? Yeah. So, so we have a link in the link tree. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, the links in the link tree in the bio, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I always put something out on Facebook, Twitter. You can get it a whole bunch of different places to get that, grab that link, but hammer that subscribe button. Slide in our DMs if you want our YouTube. You can, you can also slide in the DMs, or you, I think you can find it a whole bunch of other places, but yeah, slide in the DMs. There we go. Jim can respond to you while he's watching figure skating. Um, we said we're gonna call a truce, and there's Muff already <laughs> ripping him off. What a dick! Uh, all, all right, right. So, last weekend we had NFL Super Wild Card Weekend has come and almost passed. There came on tonight. Will be a as game we record, as we record Monday. Monday recording. Uh, the referees again taking the spotlight on the weekend that was, uh, but not for taunting penalties. Which I thought there should have been a couple, which we'll get to in the beanbag bop, but there was zero taunting this weekend. There was zero taunting. We did get a snippet from Sam, which we'll talk about later. Um, yep. Toss that out for the world. It's MLK Day, as we record today on Monday. Muff, I saw you uh, getting active out there for the MLK Day. You, you were doing a walk? Yeah, I was part of a march. Um, actually, was part of a... Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. celebration planning committee for the uh, the Wheeling area. So was part of that, and I was participating in the march, which happened on Sunday, not on Monday. Good um, on you, Muff. Good so, on. yeah. Uh, Georgia is your college football playoff champion. Alex, you feeling good about that? I know you're here. Introduce yourself. Say hello. I'm here. Are you happy uh, about them dogs? I'm happy about the dogs. All right. That's who I wanted to win, and that's who I said was going to win. Can't complain. Hit me a muff in the pockets. Hit me a muff in the pockets. I mean, technically, well, I didn't bet Georgia money line. Just to clarify, I should have, in hindsight, but emotionally, that's who I wanted to win. That's who I said I was going to win. Fair. Jim's and alluded then, to it. Uh, quick thoughts make it interesting today. Oh, it's gonna. You and I are gonna rumble. We're going to rumble. And then uh, Stephen A. Smith laughing at the Cowboys. And <laughs> Nate, Nate, I need you to try to reenact this. Yeah. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> what, what were they thinking? Oh, like oh, I told you, that might have been the worst last minute of football in 
the NFL have seen on both sides. Oh, it was it was not good. It was it was all bad. Couldn't get the mojo moments going. I I was texting with Wilk. I wanted the Cowboys to win, obviously, if you listen to the betting show. Wilk wanted him to win because, you know, he's a Cowboys fan. And I think we both walked away very angry and going, what were they doing? It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It's bad five minutes of football there for Well, yeah. that last minute for sure. That whole um, game. Game was an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is not only laughing at Cowboys fans, but apparently tossing some ricochet shots at Shohei Otani um, in the baseball world and talking about how he really can't be the face of baseball. Again, this is not the first time somebody's brought this up because Shohei Otani doesn't speak English. Um, Shohei responds, says, I like communic- that. I liked his clapback. Yeah, he communicates to the fans through his play on the field. Way to go, Shohei. Stephen A is about to be on the asshat list. I'm sorry. Like, he's about to be on the asshat list. He was already inching that way. Like, you know, Skip owned that place, but he's Mm -hmm. about to join him. Nate, can you play that clip? Oh, Stephen A, yeah. Yeah, we don't own the rights to this, but whatever. Put Put it on the air. He's this won't go to YouTube. One more time. <laughs> oh, how about them cowboys? I told y'all. And let's get into the show. NFL Super Wildcard Weekend. Super. It you was puberty final year. <laughs> If you're gonna, you got emphasis on the super. The NFL told me so. They did, and then they tossed slime out on the field. Yep, that screwed Jimmy G up almost. Almost made him lose a game. Almost. His name's not Jimmy G anymore. Okay, okay. Sam. Here's your first snippet. Have at it. What's what's Jimmy G's <laughs> real name now? Jimmy G's new name is Doug, with two G's to make up for the last name part. I just think Doug worked better for him. And what's what's Dak Prescott's new name? His new name is Calvin. And there's 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 your initial snippet from Sam. I think there's more to come on this. We'll see. Okay. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> First in playoff action in Super Wildcard Weekend. Super. The Bengals taking on the Raiders. Cincinnati wins twenty six to nineteen. Yes, Go sir. ahead, Jim. Talk about it. There were some. I didn't really see the game. I'm just reading some of the highlights. I know there's some ref issues we'll discuss in the beanbag bop. First playoff win for Cincinnati since people could text. Um, Muff, your your relative Evan McPherson becomes the first rookie to make four field goals without a miss in a postseason debut. While it was snowing in Ohio, got it. it I don't think it was snowing during the game, was it? That seems like a very, very specific stat. I to mean, be the I first understand of. how you as a McPherson like to exaggerate things, but I don't think he will. Um, game balls by the coach, Zach Taylor, were handed out to the owner of the team and the city. That's what he said after the game. And there is footage of him going to local bars and handing out footballs to the fans. So kudos to him. I'm not a big Zach Taylor fan, but I thought that was cool that he was like, hey, this is for you because you've been through hell. So... Jim That's disappeared cool. into the bushes and reemerged a Cincinnati fan. You're damn right. Ohio, baby. Got to pick something on the way out. 
We do market him as the Ohio Homer. That's right. Oh, he's he's talked a lot about how Columbus people can't be Cincinnati fans. Yeah, you're not allowed to be. That's, like I can't be. Not true. I'm telling I'm, you. Listen, my whole my whole I have a ton of family. Not a ton, but my mom's brother lives in Columbus, and all his kids and everything. They are all diehard Bengal fans. I'm telling you, the 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 talk of town is you. It's. I mean, they're gonna love the Bengals now, of course, but like. I know. Shout they're brownie to, fans. Shout out to the Columbus Chernicks. They have been Bagels fans through the good through for the hellish years. They should be. Yeah. But like yeah, the, we were... the radio station bought like they were like, We're now gonna give you live coverage of the Browns. I was like, How does that why? <laughs> like Okay. But yeah, the Columbus is a is a Browns town, but now Bengals town. Who do the Bengals have next? In wagon jumpers over there. Uh, we'll talk more about who's got who as we get through get through all this, my man. We're not going to answer my question. All right, Muff. That's how I, it is. I mean, as a Bengals fan, I think you should know who they're playing. I'm but... not a fan. See, that proves I'm not a homer. Tennessee, Jim. Thank you, Nate. That's why you're on the show, Nate. <laughs> all right. Are you going to ask every team who they're playing next? No, just that one. Okay. All right. Uh, up next, we have the Bills taking on the Patriots. Dominant performance. Shout out, Big Bob. Oh, yeah. He he was all over that. And that so were we. He so were we. Bills destroy the Patriots 47-17. Uh, largest margin of defeat for the Pats in the playoffs in the Belichick era. Uh, yeah, with that win, the Bills defeat the Patriots for the second time in three weeks. Did not know that. It's an interesting Alex fact, I felt. thought that would get you all sparked up, Alex. No, does this yet. mean, this is what I want to know from everybody in the room, does this mean the Bills are now king of the AFC East? Yes. Yeah. They won the division two years in a row. They are the kings. Alex. I agree. I, I Yeah, I agree too. Time to knock, knock Belichick back, back a little. And so, are the, are the Bengals the kings of the AFC North right now, Jim? No, because the Steelers are, right, Jim. I I have a hard time taking the crown away from the Steelers. Yes. Okay. Sure. I mean, to be fair, I don't know how. I think. I think the crown ben go goes away. away. We'll see, but yeah, I don't. I don't, there's no crown there yet. I think the crown can be given to Buffalo in this situation. I agree. But who also needs a crown in Buffalo is the man, the myth, the legend himself going out there shirtless at the game was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. There's a lot of things that a lot of sidebar stories in this. Fitzmagic being shirtless at the game was awesome. Um, Pat's social media highlighting the kicker's one lone field goal in the first half. Muff, was that you mm. who, who shared that? Uh, shared what? The social media kicker, the past social media putting up the kicker. Yeah, I saw the tweet. I don't remember who shared it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where it originated. What in this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when the, the Patriots the first field goal and they went down like twenty-eight to three, they're like, oh yeah, oh, three points on the board. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Why, why are you kicking a field goal in that case? Got it. And why are we put? Why are we highlighting it on our on our Pat's fan page? Like, I would hang my head and just wait for more scores. But whatever. Uh, 
they have to keep the content up. They got to keep legitimate. They got to keep regular. I don't tell you. And then, do we need to talk about muff? I don't know how you want to phrase this. The uh, rubber build out. Uh, the build out. I was just ripping so the bandaid off. For I, you just to, I just want to say, so we're careful around big dick energy, but okay, dildo. First off. I said right. dildo, not dildo. Yeah, none of us started. None of us said dildo until you did. The letter D, Jim. Oh, we just switched our letter. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. how we're gonna handle it. The large phallus vivacity, and you're coming in here talking about Richards and and dildos with a D. Like I don't know what your what your game R and D on the on a the rubber rich. Yeah, rubber rich out here. Can I ask why that is? Like, why why is that a thing in Buffalo? If I had an answer why it was a thing in Buffalo, like, I'd is give it a you tradition? a good answer. This is not the first time, but I don't know why. All right. I think right. this is one of those, like, funny things that happened once, and now it's, like, something people expect at some point in a game when they're hosting, like, a big game. Is it a goal to get it to stick to the field goal post, post that just happens to land in the end zone? Could you imagine? Could you and someone having to climb up there and get it? Nope, nobody's climbing up there. It's gonna be and an who, aiming point. It's gonna be an aiming point for the kicker. And who has to pick it up off the field? Well, you saw the referee kicked it. Right? Oh yeah, there's always a good, good uh, rubber rich kick, but someone eventually has to pick it up. And I'm, I'm. I feel bad for you. Yeah. Peace and peace to the rubber rich picker upper. <laughs> rich picker upper. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Buffalo won that game. <laughs> Let's move on. The buildo, Jim. The buildo. The buildo. Next, Eagles Bucks. Bucks come out and lay the smack down on the Eagles. Going up 31-0. Before the Eagles can get any points on Ooh. the board, Eagles couldn't get the run game going, and Tom threw two tutties. I'd root to a 31 to 15 final score. Nate, how are you feeling about your Bucks right now? Don't like the way they finished there. I mean, yeah, let off the gas up 31, but uh, their right tackle, Tristan Morphs, went out five plays into the game, six plays into the game. Didn't come back in. I think BA set to the game. He had a high ankle sprain, but he's optimistic he'll play again this week. So, just another thing, the injury bug they can't get rid of right now, and they'll get the winner of tonight's game between L.A. and Arizona, so they need to get healthy and need to get healthy quick. I, I, this was started the downhill for me as far as football goes. I lost a lot of bets in that situation as soon as the Bucks just rolled the Eagles. I was not happy. Not happy. Uh... Yeah, anything else on this game, Alex? I mean, aside from the fact that we lost bets in here. and Yeah, there's... I was going to say, and lost close bets at that. So, yeah, it was, what, 46 was the total there? I took the over 49. Yeah. There was How about a... the super boost I didn't hit? Oh, the. Oh, Alex, my God. The same yeah, game. Yeah, I took that. Holiday. I took that. For 10 bucks to win like 114 by a half yard. That is arguable. I mean, I think they should have averaged them, and it should have like at least pushed because ev- some things said eight, some things said nine. You average it, it's eight and a half. That was a line we push. We get some of our money. Well, right. I saw some people were saying, "Oh, it says nine, but it's like no, eight, he got nine rushing yards." Oh yeah. Well, that, and here's and I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw Pat tweet out a stat that there were like sixty nine thousand plus bets on that 
same game parlay and that was like the biggest single bet like thing like that ever i don't know if that's yeah, single, very, yeah, that same game parlay or what the yeah that same game parlay he put together like sixty nine thousand plus we're on it yeah and i wow. think you're getting refunded alex i think i think i saw a tweet into being earlier today anybody on that one is going to get it that I think a, but, a bet up to X amount of dollars refunded if they were on that same game parlay. Same game parlay holiday. Sorry, yes. I had to get it out. 49ers versus the Cowboys. Oh. Cowboys lay an egg for most of this game, but mount a late comeback and are cut down by a controversial call at the end involving... The officials, 49ers come out on top, 23 to 17. Jimmy G or Doug Gee almost let this one get away from the 49ers. How far can Jimmy G take this team? All right, so we got to first talk about, like, the Cowboy defense in that first half was non-existent. So is that more of a, a, a Jimmy G conversation, or is that the Cowboys just – Shit the bed that hard. I mean, I wouldn't call Cowboys shit in the bed because it, it's just history repeating itself with them. I don't. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty shitty the bed ish. I mean, they gave up sixteen points. I don't know if that's total bed crapping. I, I mean, this just... is the this is the defense that was supposed to be the defense. I will say, Micah Parsons got hurt early on. Yep, that's true. But are they gonna are they building that defense around one man? Is that Jerry's answer? I mean, he is gonna be the defensive rookie of the year. Where the, I think that I know this is probably we'll, we'll talk about it later, but I think there were a few calls at the very end of that game to make it even a game that were like Jerry called and was like, "Hey, remember you're in Jerry World, guys." Well, let's talk about Jerry World for a hot second. Here comes the sun. Da, 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 da. What? What's wrong with that place? We're I, kicking this. We're kicking the big TV with the football. Well, and... that's that's been a thing from the beginning. That was always. <laughs> it's always been known. People have talked about that. It just happened to occur during a playoff game. It's like you let a bunch of people that didn't know anything about building a stadium build a stadium just because they had a shitload of money. And like yeah. they didn't want other people's opinions, I feel like because they had the money, and that we're gonna make it how we want it. And now they're smishious. I mean, it's great for an event. It's great for like a concert. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. It's not a like a boxing football. match, but it it does not look like a football stadium when you have those kind of issues. So the sun. If there's one thing that you think about with a stadium. It's how is the sun, especially a stadium that has in the indoor elements why is the sun ever going to be an issue how, how do you let the sun be an issue in a stadium that has enclosure i have no idea if i was if, if i was a betting man i'd see jerry up there with lots of employees with tarps if i was him well, when i look back at the nfl scheduling too it's like you know about this issue with the sun why are you giving them the four o'clock game that's another well and i had this question too just about scheduling in general is that something that's like laid out ahead of time like these seeds are going to be here these seeds are going to be here these no can't be in a league that flexes the way they do it can't be there has to be a reason or rhyme and reason for it 
And I dare say it's the slime game. If you want the gods, gods to honest truth, like, you're yeah. going to have more eyes on that game because it's the classic 49ers Dallas game. See, I would I'd have put the Steelers and Chiefs in that slot probably. And I but put, you got you got mom and dad who are '90s kids at this point, you know. Like I, I saw the 49ers and the Cowboys in '91. Sit down with their their kids and watch Nickelodeon. And best of both worlds. Yeah. You know? I guess I was just thinking as far as like, like I was surprised that the Steelers and Chiefs were like this the prime time matchup like that. Well, from a marketing sense, you know that the Steelers are going to watch that game. Steelers fans are going to watch that game. So that's a given, prime time. And Chiefs, from what I understand, got a good following too. So that, that prime time right. spot basically writes its spot. Yeah, they aren't going to get a sleep on it. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of Nickelodeon, um, did anybody take Big Bob's advice before this game? Mm. If no. I if I did, I'd have to play the fifth, but I did not. Yeah, I did. I um, didn't. It's frowned upon in the healthcare setting. But <laughs> none of us did. Yeah. But I didn't watch the game on Nickelodeon. But I was seeing some of the replays, and nothing. I didn't see anything really new aside from like Young Sheldon apparently was on the field way too much. Yeah, which I think is because he was there for every penalty that was called. Yeah. They like popped him up and like, this is what this is. It's like, all right, we get well, it, buddy. Okay. Yes, ye of football fans with no children, that is annoying. I'm a football fan and that's annoying. Sit next to your five year old daughter who's trying to understand football so she can be a part of her father's world. It was nice. Okay. It it truly was. It was it helped her understand football a little better. And the slime, they were just tossing slime on people. Yeah. Like the fake slime, the fake slime. So they did get slimed at the end of the game. Um, and Dak won the uh, the Nick Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player, which is hilarious. And Dak wins it in a losing effort. But yeah. His name is Calvin. Calvin, yes. Sorry, sorry, Sam. Calvin. Was this a game where you were talking about player outfits, Sam? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. No. Tell everybody what your snippet was, Sam. We had ketchup and mustard <laughs> versus blue cheese. Oh, so if anybody could understand right now, Nate got a new iPad and we're in a Zoom meeting and this thing auto zooms. And so Nate, as Sam's talking, drops his head back and looks to the sky and it auto zooms to Nate just hating life. And it was, we couldn't produce it, but I wish we were live. Because well, we couldn't produce a spangle like that. Well, now we just see the top of your head. <laughs> and Sam trying valiantly to get back in the picture. <laughs> but it was great. You can see, like, Nate just, oh, God, why is she talking about this? It was perfect. So just well, to clarify, just to make sure, just to make sure I have this right, this was the ketchup and mustard versus the blue cheese, with the blue cheese yes. being led by... Calvin. Calvin uh, Prescott. And... Doug, duh. Uh, oh yeah, and Doug G, Doug G. Doug I think G. at this point is when we started losing listeners and subscribers. Followed. I just, I want to know, are we sure that Sam didn't take Big Bob's, Bob's advice before he watched this game? <laughs> it's okay to admit it. We won't tell anyone. 
We get well, we're a podcast, so don't admit anything. Oh, yeah, like, that's true. Never mind. I just like to keep it interesting. You do, and that's why you're here on this I, show. I appreciate your creative uh, license. There was, I was gonna add something about relish into it too, but I don't remember what. It, maybe it was the slime. Yeah, oh. that, been, that makes sense. And I like how the three of us Nate's like, like, do yeah, not yes. encourage this. Yes. Nate's like, no. All right, moving on to the Chiefs and Steelers. <laughs> and in the nightcap on Sunday, the Steelers take on the Chiefs. Uh, the Hold Steelers on, can we just pause for a minute? Paused. Michael Buffer is, is doing the intro to this Rams Cardinals game. He's, I think he's about to, you know what? We're going to turn him up. And that, my friends, is why they're in LA. And the NFL Network has just sent us a strike for oh, using yeah. their material. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's why they're in LA, right there, for that's Michael it. Buffer. Steelers Chiefs is 50k. Yeah, exactly. That's about what he makes, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, just to come out and speak into your microphone. Uh, the Steelers draw first blood, and that's about the only blood that they ever had in the water. And this one is the Chiefs score 35 unanswered points in the second third quarters in ruin Big Ben's fairy tale, winning 41 to 21. They tried to take a timeout at the end to let him go out on a touchdown. And he just should. I mean, it was. They got decked too. <laughs> yeah, he so, tried. He did. He tried. he tried. And me and my dad had the discussion. We're like, "Do you let him try to go for a touchdown here to leave on?" I know Jim loves this conversation. Or no, I'm gonna respectfully tap out. I'm gonna okay. respectfully have, okay. let you guys have your moment. You put uh, your head down, and I just got nervous. And I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch this coming. other game and let you guys have your Steeler moment. Well, no, I just we the, the it, we he said did, should they let him try to go for a touchdown to walk out on. Or should they have called the timeout and let him go off the field and like get the applause leaving the field for one last time, put Mason Rudolph in like the, the, uh, but it's not a home game. And that's what I said. I said, I think that they, well, of course, Sam is nodding her head. Yes. For Mason Rudolph. I think, yeah, I, I was on the side of the touchdown because it wasn't him. If it was at Heinz field, I'd have said, yeah, absolutely. Let him walk off, get the applause, but. Yeah, so Joe Thomas, of course, the Browns have to insert themselves in this whole situation. Joe Thomas, who, to be fair, is to be pro, um, Hall of Fame tackle from the Browns, uh, pretty much came out and was like, oh, this this fairy tale was never going to be one because the Steelers suck. And sorry, Ben, you don't get your fairy tale. And then he's got ratioed on Twitter because Steelers Nation just found, just destroyed him once that was out there. Um, people are like, oh, Joe Thomas, how many playoff games did you win in your career? But shouldn't he speak from that? Like, I'm sorry. Should he speak from what? Like, hey, he's not getting his fairy tale moment because the Steelers suck this year. I would know. I went out without a fairy tale moment too because the Browns suck. I'm an expert and you're not going out on that silver lining. Trust me, guys, don't get your hopes up here. Like, why are we coming after him? He's He knows. Yeah, but he didn't come at it from that angle, Jim. He came at it as like, oh, Steelers, sorry, you didn't get your fairy tale. Like, that but, was... I mean, that's what... The, you guys needed a little... Def, not you two, but, like, some of the Yinzers needed that deflation. Like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. It's going to happen. No, guys, he got lucky because the Chargers called a timeout and pissed off the Raiders. 
Like no, that, we got lucky because the Colts, the Jaguars beat dropped the Colts. Sure, we could do all of the, the major variables the that fell in your lap. Yeah, yeah. like come and on. just just to be clear, Joe Thomas's tweet was at Steelers. Congratulations on your playoff participation trophy. That's what it is. But Joe Thomas never even went to the playoffs, so why is he congratulating another team on getting to the playoffs and losing? Okay. I'm just saying he doesn't have a lot. He doesn't have a lot. He doesn't have a lot of legs to stand on in this one. Is really all I'm getting at. Um, ben, ben does have two touchdowns um, in what I mean will be his last game. We're all assuming. We'll see how that goes. Uh, did the Chiefs prove anything in this game that makes us feel any different moving forward with them? No. Nope. Fair enough. Any other thoughts on this game? Uh, no. No. Uh, I wasn't even sad. Like I wasn't expecting anything, so there was really no letdown for me. I was shocked there wasn't more to do for Big Ben. But other than that, this was the outcome that was meant to be. Oh yeah, I agree. I would have liked to see him cover. That's the only thing I was sad about. And that's only because it would have kept one of my parlays in play for tonight. Sure. There you go. There you go. Uh, Cardinals-Rams game just started. What's the live looking looking like? Uh, the Cardinals had a series and punted, and now the Rams look like they're marching it down their throats. That's good for the Rams minus four betters. <laughs> me and Alex. Alex. Well, he's not me. Not good for the, the Cards plus four better, Jim. Uh, I also put a bet on the over in this game later or earlier today. Um, there has been a, a lot that's been Ooh. going on within the coaching not the carousel yet but in the talks of the coaching carousel uh we're not going to get into that yet while the playoffs are still in full swing but we will start diving into that a little bit next week so we're gonna come there i just want to be clear we're not going to talk about the coaching carousel because we're letting it shake out we're from what i can see we're not going to hit up a lot of the nfl drama and the quick thoughts can we talk for a hot second about where Russell Wilson is going? Because they're going to keep Pete. They're going to keep the GM. And Seattle wants to keep Russ, but Russ is exploring options. There is a lot of scuttlebutt that Russ is going to land with you Yinzers. There's some scuttlebutt. Just like there's scuttlebutt that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up in Pittsburgh. I've seen more about Russ going there than Aaron. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I've seen more about Russ than... Well, I think Rogers, Rogers is, is still Rogers seems like Rogers seems like hoaxy though. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not realistic. Russ, I wouldn't be mad about happening compared to my options. No offense, Sam. Okay. What do you think? Well, I, I mean, know I think we're, I know we're be, supposed to move on, but he would be a very good quarterback for Pittsburgh with an inexperienced offensive line. He can move around a little bit, and that's also some of the problems where you. I think you are going to see some caution from the Russ Wilson camp because the Steelers have an inexperienced offensive line and he doesn't want to have to bail out an offensive line at this point in his career. I think he wants to, I think he wants to stand in the pocket a little bit more. Well, there's a reason there's an opening, sir. If I'm, if I'm talking to Russell Wilson, this is my conversation. If you want to land somewhere that's going to protect your ass, you're not going to find it right now because those places have their quarterback. I agree. Hit your wagon to Najee Harris and 
the wide receivers that Pittsburgh does have. I mean, as much there. as I hate to say it, I and I truly hate to say it, Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh makes logical sense to me. I know there's the Deshaun Watson, you know, high in the sky rumors, but Russell Wilson makes sense. If Russell Wilson's coming to Pittsburgh, does this possibly mean I can see Sierra like walking through the mall or Yes. I'm I'm for it then. I know I love Mason, but you never know. We could go well, shopping that was where her brain went. Yep. This is this is why Sam this is why yep. Sam is part of the show. Yep. Right there. Next week's matchups, as of right now, we have Bengals taking on the Titans on Saturday. Also on Saturday, the 49ers taking on the Packers. Sunday action, we've got the Bucks taking on the Rams cards winner and the nightcap on Sunday, Bills Chiefs. So I like I, the two games of those. I want to see the, the Bengals Titans and not just because it's the Bengals. I think that's going to be a good game. And the Bills Chiefs game, I'm pumped for that. Yeah, so interesting. The 49ers Packers line came out at like six and a half, I want to say. And within an hour, the line shifted to five and a half. And there was a lot of a lot of talks that there were a lot of big bets placed on the 49ers plus six and a half right off the bat that shifted that line. Um, so I can imagine that line's probably going to stay in that five-ish range from this point because it's going to kind of stagnate from there. But that six and a half number, that's a football number as far as six plus that half. So... Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm interested in. I want to watch the 49ers Packers, and I do want to watch the Bills Chiefs. Those are probably the two games that I'm going to get into. I, you know, I don't know if I can get into the 49ers Packers game. I, that seems like an awkward game to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Because seems, I, the teams just don't feel like a good matchup to watch. Maybe I'm off. I haven't watched enough Packers games. But it just seems like it's going to be a struggle to watch. Either it's going to be high-powered, lots of firing the ball down the field by back both teams, or it's going to be, like, dull. It's going to be in probably very cold temperatures. So, And then uh, Nick Bosa's got a concussion. The, the, the 49ers didn't walk out of that game unscathed. Well, that wasn't that wasn't their biggest loss. Their biggest loss was uh, Warner, their linebacker. Yeah, in that game, He's, he came back in the game. Warner did. Yeah, he came back in the game. But they have some injuries they're battling, Indeed. so it's going to be interesting. Nate, any other games aside from the Bucks game that you're interested in watching? I'm glad that how we were talking earlier about how we thought that 49ers and Cowboys should have been the late game. I'm glad they got the. Chiefs and Bills in that late games. That's definitely the prime time matchup you want to see. Mm-hmm. Played each other in what in the divisional round last year. It came down to the wire, so I'm looking for a lot of points scored in that game. Alex, which game are you excited about? Um, I think the Bengals Titans. I'm I'm fine. I'm feeling like I like the Bengals. They're fun to watch. They're fun to root for. So I think that's probably my most exciting game. But the Bills Chiefs will be good, too. All right, any parting words for the NFL? Wait, I have a question. Nate, yes. who, yeah. would you, who, are you, who are you wanting to play the Rams or the Cards? 
Um, if it were me, I want to play the cards because I think the Bucks receivers don't match up well with the secondary of the Rams. But the Rams secondary is a little injured right now, but they've got a lot more um, veterans on that side of the ball than the Cardinals do really on any side of the ball. Yeah. So I'd rather take the Cardinals and their inexperience. Gotcha. I was just curious. And then a parting side note for Sam Snippets. Hey, where's Kansas City? Well, one would think it's in Kansas, but apparently it's not. I will add, however, I texted my sister and asked her where she thought Kansas City was, and she said Oklahoma. So I wasn't too far off. It's Missouri, in case anyone. I feel like that's an apple tree situation. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Did did you text your mother? No, but I should. Then then we get the then we get the full then we get the full impact of of, of the women in the household. And that wraps up this week's recap of Super Wildcard Weekend. It's time for the beanbag bop. We're doing the bean bag bop. It is that time of the week when our official guru, the guru of officiating, Nate, helps us break down some interesting calls in the week that was in the NFL. Uh, we have a decent bit, decent bit from the weekend. Uh, first, we're going to start out chronologically in the Bengals game. Specifically, in the Bengals game, whenever Joey Burrow tossed a touchdown pass and there was a whistle heard in the background before the pass was completed, uh, there was also, at the time, some discussion of whether or not Burrow was out of bounds when he made the pass. Um yeah, so let's just start there, Nate. Uh, take us through how you came to this information, what you've seen since then, and what, from your perspective, as official should have been done in this scenario. So I'm watching this game live, and for those who may not have seen it, Burrow's scrolling out to the – scrolling, gosh – rolling out to the right, and he's damn near on the sideline and last second throws it to the back of the end zone for a touchdown. And as the ball is in the air, it's clear as day. When I was watching the broadcast, you can hear a whistle. So I'm not sure if the side judge, line judge, whoever was right on top of it, blew his whistle. It was someone downfield, blew their whistle. And like Alex had said before, nobody owned up to it, which is odd. But anyway, NFL rules, high school rules, when you have an inadvertent whistle, the play gets re, you rerun the play. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But granted, watching that play live, I mean, all the commentary said all the uh, Raiders get, uh, gave up on the play. So as I'm watching that back again, I don't think they really gave up on the play. That guy in the back of the end zone was wide open. But either way, Someone had an inadvertent whistle, and they definitely got that play call wrong. And leave it to the NFL to make it non-reviewable. That is an excellent, excellent breakdown. I think one of your finest this year. 
Oh, geez, Jim, you're going to make me blush. I'm being, I think that was, I have nothing else to say on that. That was beautiful. Please, yeah. please don't make his head any bigger. <laughs> Not only did the, the NFL and their infinite wisdom make this a non-reviewable play, they also came out after the game uh, and Jerome Boger, I believe, was the head official in this game, the head referee. Uh, they said, and by the way, this crew will not be working any more playoff games. So not only was that ga- that play, and I don't, I didn't watch enough of this game to know, but I, there had to have been other missed calls in this game for that to be, for them to just be called out like that. Well, from what I was hearing and read too, it's that this crew has been shaky all year. Okay. So how did they get how did they get this game then? Like that's that's really what it comes down to me. Is it because the head official I get, he's been in the league for a bit? So they was it just the best of the worst options kind of a situation? Like I don't know how they pick these crews. Yeah, I, I don't thought know. It was. I don't know how the NFL picks it, their officials for these games if it's like they've got to have some sort of rating system and self scouting of officials. I mean, for myself in the state of Ohio you actually get assigned by your local officiating board for the first couple rounds. And then from there on out, the state assigns it. So you have to have good state scores and good ratings from other coaches, officials, observers, whatever. So somebody I'm sure had to say, Hey, these guys are good enough to be in the wild card round or whatever. And I'm sure some of these guys have, have experience beyond that. Yeah, I, I would be. I, I agree. I think there's some type of scouting and rating system. Um, I, again, I just how how bad were the other crews and the other the other head referees to to not get this one? Um, all right, so uh, we have the end of the Cowboys game, where a referee appeared to run an eight five forty yard dash to get to catch up to the play at the end of the game um, mm-hmm. to spot the ball. Um, and this situation was Dak Prescott was going on, went on a sneak with about 14 seconds left, um, trying to get some yards so they could toss one, one to the end zone, right? They're down by six. They were looking to get at least one ball into the end zone for the end of the game. Um, Dak goes down with, we'll say what, like five or six seconds left and insanity ensues from there. And Dak puts the ball down, spots it himself. The center gets it. And then. Um, who is that the center judge, Nate, that was coming the up? It's the umpire. Uh, comes up and has to has to touch the ball. So I want you to run through, and I don't know if this is the same in high school or not, um, what are the mechanics of the officials in this situation to spot the ball? Because this is what really came to be in the end. So, I mean, I wasn't aware of this whole official having to touch the ball, but it makes sense to me even at the high school level because – they're the one that has to give the official spot. I mean, you never know. It could be if you're going for a first down, run a no huddle real quick. Center might mark the ball up half a yard or a yard. So that official's got to come and get the ball and spot it off the wing. But everybody knows that if they haven't learned by Chase Claypool, dumbassery weeks ago, or I can't remember who, if it was, I think it was Orlowski posted a video on Twitter. He said, you need to Larry Fitzgerald this thing yeah. and sprint the ball to the nearest official or whoever you know spots the ball. But I believe in the NFL as well, whoever spots the ball, I think 
I'm, actually, I'm watching this play now to see. Yeah, so, well, it's inside the red zone, so I can't really tell for sure. But anyway, I don't think the umpire in the NFL is actually back behind the defense. I think they're actually back behind the offense. Okay. So Dak might be running up 15 yards, but you got to remember that official, if this is correct, if he's back even with the referee, he's 10 to 15 yards off the line of scrimmage to start the play. So he's got to bust his ass 25 yards up the field through these 300-pound linemen, try to get the ball spotted so they can spike it. Right. But then again, on another note that I was thinking about, which is random, is for everybody that plays Madden and you run no huddle and you go to spike the ball, it kills 11 seconds off. So whoever's the king in Dallas that's saying, let's run a draw with 10 seconds and no timeouts in the middle of the field. It's not college or high school. They're not going to stop the clock for a first down. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of talk after this game. This is Mike McCarthy still going to have a job. This is Kellen Moore. Who does the buck fall on on this one? Or who did Mike McCarthy give this, like, the go-ahead? you got to figure he's in the in the headset for this Well, based call. on his interview after the game, I would say it was probably his call. Yeah. And then Dak applauded the fans for throwing things at the officials as they were running off the field which almost got one of their players hit as well with the, with the, the, the crossfire. So. Yeah. NFC East or NFC least, as I like to call it, show your class, not your ass. There you go. Uh, in this one, and this was something I saw uh, Cowboys fan and random guru Wilk uh, call attention to at some point. I don't think it was at the end of the game, but in the middle of the game, uh, the gap in penalties in this game, uh, we all know from the Thanksgiving day uh, game that the Cowboys played that they have, I think they're the most penalized team in football uh, did not stop here. Uh, they had 14 penalties. The 49ers had nine, uh, both the total yards and penalties were actually under hundred yards. So these penalties by either team were not huge as far as yards. So I don't think there were a lot of DPIs uh, or anything like that. that were going there um, is a gap. This many penalties in a playoff game is there a gripe here not just for Cowboys fans, but is this something that we should see more in the playoffs? Won't see more in the playoffs. We didn't see any taunting penalties. I feel like they're swallowing their whistle on that, but. I think the big thing that, and without having Will here, I'm not going to speak for him, but the big thing I think was, well, the big thing I think for Dallas fans is how many of their penalties resulted in a first down, especially on defense. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of times late in that game where they got caught with defensive holding by linemen. Yeah, there's illegal hands in the face one at some point. Yeah, that's five yards started. first down. Yeah. I had money on the game. I had money on the game and, and a desire for the Cowboys to win. And I will tell you flat out, the Cowboys played undisciplined. There were not bad calls. You might find one or two, but they're heavily penalized because – they are undisciplined. That's it. That hands to the face, that helmet looked like it was going to come off the guy's <laughs> head with the head in it. Yeah. It's it. They just played undisciplined, and that's the issue with the Cowboys. Yeah, you don't end up being the most penalized team in the league on accident. Yeah, that happens for a reason. And taunting, do we think that we're going to see many taunting penalties here in the playoffs, or is this something that is going to 
disappear for the playoffs unless it's very blatant, obvious, and an issue. I, I think it must have been a point of emphasis said, hey, guys, let's not take 15 yards here for unnecessary taunting calls unless it's blatant. Now, I, I will say that I agree with Wilk on that. that. That is absolute horse shit. We're going to call it all season, but we get to the playoffs, we're going to rein it in. There needs to be consistency if we're going to call it. No, I definitely agree with that, but I have a feeling after the amount of penalties they saw in the regular season, they probably had a memo or a conference call or whatever and said, hey, guys, we need to loosen up this damn taunting. Yeah, I, I got a feeling if if there is within the official room and with the NFL, them swallowing the whistles or at least not being as a point of emphasis, there's something went out to these teams. It's like, hey, we are not going to be as strict with this in the playoffs, but don't put us in a position where we have to do something. I got a feeling that, that something like that had sure. to have come out. I, it's ridiculous, though. I, that's my opinion. Sam, do we have any other snippets for the day? anything where did your mother say kansas city was kansas city is in missouri it's a kid's problem then yeah your your high school failed you yeah i used to know all my states and capitals but what's the capital of missouri um i'm not sure but topeka is the capital of kansas not kansas city (laughs) and that wraps up this week's Feedback Bob. Everybody get your beanbag ready to rock. Follow me and have fun to the beanbag Bob. Do it, do it, the beanbag Bob. All right, so it's the college football wrap-up time. We already got hinted in the beginning of the show that Georgia is your national champion, snapping a 41-year title drought, beating Alabama 33-18. We're going to go over the game itself, get some reactions from the crew here. Then we're going to talk about uh, our thoughts on the college football year and a quick little outlook for next year. And then we're going to put college football to bed as sad as it makes us. So I will throw the question out there. What were your thoughts on the national title game? I uh, was talking. Sorry was talking that was that was aggressive i thought it was good i mean i thought it was good because i wanted georgia to win so um but i loved that it was a good game to watch i get so butthurt whenever it's like the national championship like you watch so much football all season long and it comes down to this final game and then it's like a blowout one way or the other that kind of drives me nuts. So I thought it was a good game. The whole time it felt like you're on your edge of your seat. Like if this team's like they were, they had to score or they had to do something all the time. It was never just like a relaxed moment. And I, I thought that made it fun to watch as someone who's not a big fan of either school. Yeah, I agree. That was, it was definitely a game. It was definitely a game worth watching. Uh, it definitely was uh, better than the semifinal games. I think the best two teams definitely did make it even if they were from the same conference in this particular uh, this particular year for the college football playoff. Um, unfortunate, some of the things that happened in-game uh, with the players, which I know we're going to get into, um, and I think that this, again, will lend itself to the question, should I play? Okay. A um, couple things for me. I think uh, the scuttlebutt on the radio on this game 
was basically the first half was boring to the non-college football fan or to your regular fan that just wants high-powered scoring and back and forth. For us here on the show, I feel like we enjoyed it because the chess match between the coaches and the defenses and watching the back and forth for us is football. Am I, am I fair in saying that? Yes, I enjoy a field position game. Yes, it can still be it can still be highest higher scoring, but there also has to be the element of like you're putting drives together. It's not three play drives to score. You have to right. you have to put seven plus plays together to get a to get a field goal attempt or to be in the red zone. I agree with your take that the best two teams got in. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's I think Jameis Jamison Williams. Ohio State transfer, by the way, um, getting hurt. So they couldn't keep him. Was game changing, you know. I think it's funny that the SEC has to get an Ohio State player, you know, to win. Oh, they needed him to win. Well, he lost. He blew his knee out, and so they, they were down win. their top two receivers. Yeah, okay, so if they out. have if they have if they have Mechie and yeah, Jameson blows his knee out. Are you still saying that comment, or is this? This is just me to stoke the fires. I, I, I'm I okay. I was just making sure that you didn't genuinely believe that. This no, was just no, a fire no. Just, I just want to stoke okay. the fire. I just needed to but know I where you were at say, mentally. You will Jameson, say. I will say. For the James Jameson Williams injury or Williams, yeah, Williams injury. I don't need to see that in slow mo. We've gotten real good at the high def and the slow mo and the. I don't need to see that so many damn times. You could practically feel the, the ligaments tearing as you're watching it. I don't need that. That was gross. gross. I mean, it's not it's not Willis McGahee gross, but it was close. It was close. Um, how do we feel about the way Nick Saban handled it pre-game? The lead up to the game because we all called him, you know, an OG, a class act. He was pimping with the with the jackets and posing with trophies. And how do we feel he handled the the post-game? I think we've all seen the clip where he tells the two players to sit down and calls his his players. Basically, it's not their fault. They gave their everything to this to this team. How do we feel about Nick Saban, Alex? I really want your opinion first. I so I was torn on it. I think it was like nice sportsmanship that he's like, "Ah, oh, man, you got me." Like I'm, I was focused more on the after, mm-hmm. like like the most smiling I've ever seen Nick Saban do. So I had multiple thoughts on this. At first, I was like, weird that he's that supportive of Kirby Smart. Two, I thought, no faking it, trying to look like, you know, like, you you know, you beat me. Ha ha, who gives a shit? Like, that's kind of what I was thinking. And three, was he genuinely just like, like, I can't believe that. I don't know. It was... I like the guy. I like Nick Saban. I think he's a class act all around. I think it was good sportsmanship that he wasn't like throwing things or throwing a little fit, but he smiled too much. He was too happy to lose. I mean, when, when you've done it that much, you just kind of, okay, well, these guys still got all their cool gifts for coming here and Bryce Young got a million dollars NIL. Um, so <clears throat> the reason that Nick Saban still wins is what he did in the post game press conference 
when he told Bryce Young, and I think it was the defensive standout, the linebacker, mm -hmm. to sit down and call attention. These two did nothing wrong. They played their hearts out. They're the reasons we're here. So they should not be receiving any of the blame for this. This is not their faults. They're the reasons that we're even here to begin with. That right there, Jim, is why Jamison Williams goes from Ohio State to Alabama. Or Amen. why any or why any, not just Ohio State, why any yes. college football player decides to go from a school that may still be a top-tier school and says, ah, maybe I'll sit a year or I'll sit behind somebody for a year and then start at Alabama for my senior year. That is why that happens right there. I agree. Um, but I do think the Nick Saban thing is a bigger story than anybody is really hinting at. I think we probably should put focus towards it. Nick Saban got an extension. Whenever somebody gets paid higher than Nick, his contract says you have to pay him equal to or more. But the lead up to this game, Nick did a lot more. Nick showed a softer side of Nick than we had seen in years past. You're, saying, the, you're saying Nick some more? You on like first name basis with Mr. Coach Saban? Saban. Coach Saban, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to call him either. I don't want Dion to come after me. Coach Saban. Oh. <laughs> coach prime yeah um coach saban also um after the game showed a softer side and to your point muff i think you're absolutely right i think this is why people transfer and go to alabama besides just the winning and the money but i don't i don't think nick coach whatever you want to call him is long in the tooth for this game and I think that's why we're seeing a softer side of Nick. I think we're we're seeing him wind it down. Yes, he's got the extension until like, like, twenty forty. Like Grandpa Saban, I, I think he's getting he's going to start winding it down like, sooner than we think. You know how, like as a dad, you got to be like stern and mean, but then as a grandpa, they're real, like soft and like ah, you know, yeah. okay, one more cookie at the end of dinner or whatever, because you're like ah, eh, I'm just going to go out and have fun and whatever. I I got you. Oof, huh? So that's my, that's my hot take in this episode. Is I think we're I don't think we would see him as many years as we anticipated. Well, I think anybody thinks he's going to make it to twenty forty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just to have it on record so people feel comfortable about recruiting and going there. Um, last subject on this national championship game. Then we'll move on to our teams. What do we think about next year's team? For the Georgia, Georgia and Alabama, Georgia's losing a butt ton of guys to the NFL. But they don't. Their schedule for I mean they're still playing an SEC schedule. But I was looking into it, and their schedule is fairly weak for like the first like seven weeks. Okay, I don't know. And Alabama, I mean their biggest come their biggest like bring back I think is, I mean that Will Anderson's they're gonna have a solid piece on defense. And they always have solid offense, offensive pieces. Okay. So I think they're both, I think they bo both of them, you could see make a return to this spot. And we'll get to the polls. Uh, you're, you're not, you're not the only one in that crowd. Muff, what do you think? I, Alabama, Georgia, they're, they're Alabama, Georgia. They're both going to be competitive. Nothing. I mean, yeah, you're going to have some downfall at certain positions, but they have players that are coming in all the same. Like they, they've got people that are reloading. They're just going back in and making it happen. So 
I don't I don't see either of these teams falling off. I disagree with both of you. I think Georgia will fall off. I think it'll be shocking how bad he falls off or how bad they fall off. And I think Bama just reloads. The recruiting class is top notch. We're going to see Bama in, in the four for sure. But I don't see, think we'll see Georgia next year. That's my opinion. So I can let's, see, obviously, every year Bama comes in and has a chance to get there. Absolutely. I think you're right in saying that they, Bama would have a better chance than Georgia. Yeah. So let's move on to our teams. I will go first. Uh, Ohio State seeing major changes on the defensive side of the ball. Um, defensive overhaul with Kerry Combs out. Al Washington, the uh, linebacker coach, is at Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame's picking up a lot of Ohio State guys. They start next year at Notre Dame, so it should be a very interesting um uh, First game. Uh, a lot of their top receivers are going to the NFL. Uh, but they're, they're stacked behind them, as they showed in the Rose Bowl. C.J. Stroud is a developing young quarterback that probably will be in the Heisman race. The running backs are deep. But defense, again, is the issue. We'll see what the overhaul looks like. My questions for Ohio State is, are they humbled by that Michigan loss? You have to beat Michigan. Will they approach Michigan differently this year? I, I, they need to. And then does Ryan Day stick around? He's invested a lot of time and energy into a coaching overhaul. And if he does stick around, how much longer? I don't think that he is the Nick Saban lifer for Ohio State. So, but I, overall, I thought it was an okay year. I liked one in the Rose Bowl. I'll say that much. To you, Muff. Yeah, Penn State. Um really going to be it will sean clifford make the whole year quarterback or will the early enrollee alar come in and make an impact and surplant sean clifford at some point in the year uh, especially if things don't start out well uh the running back room should still be strong um they had some injuries last year but they had some contributions later in the year which i think flows into uh the offensive line which last year was not great uh, but was a younger group. So I think there's a lot of focus on that group and they will be better. It's just, are they going to be good enough to allow for a running game to uh, complement that RPO uh, style that will still be in place? You do lose Jahan Dotson, you lose Jaquan Brisker, you lose, um, you know, for them, the two best pieces on either side of the ball. Um, both could be, well, both at least one of them will probably be a first round pick the other one will probably be up to through the second round if I had to guess. Um, but as has happened with Penn State, they usually do pretty well um, in developing wide receivers, and they always have a good group of tight ends, uh, which is always helpful in this case. And I think they'll be able to make that happen. They're still going to have some talent returning on the de- defensive side of the ball. They're losing Brisker. They're using, losing uh, linebacker Brandon Smith. Um, and they had a couple – transfers on the defensive line so it's going to be are they going to bring in some other transfers or have they been developing that talent and i don't know because you can't see all that talent whenever especially the transfer portal so we will see uh interested to see um with that if franklin continues to go to the transfer portal well um and we will be interested in what cristobal does as a defensive coordinator moving forward is it going to be a different style of defensive play um, I don't know enough about 
what he did on the defensive side of the ball before becoming a head coach. So I don't know if he's a blitz heavy person. I don't, I don't know enough about his defensive style to understand how it's going to translate to happy Valley. Is, is Manny Diaz, did he end up going to Penn state? Manny Diaz. Did I say Mario Cristobal? Manny yeah. Diaz. I'm sorry. That's who I meant. Yeah. I was, I was, for other, other Miami coaches in the past. No, sorry, Manny buddy. Diaz. Yeah. No, Manny Diaz. Um, yeah. I don't know enough about his style to know what's going to happen there. I, I think that's to me, and I don't. I'm not trying to leave everybody have their own space. I think the Manny Diaz James Franklin relationship is an interesting one, and I I will be interested to watch that. So begrudgingly, because we've added Alex to our show. Yes. Yes. Let's talk WVU. Let's. Uh, so realistically, I was a little freaking out in the off season. I'm not gonna lie. So shit ton of people jump in the transfer portal and made me look at the new ish still head coach Neil Brown and be like what you doing there um Deggy left um it's kind of expected I'm not crushed about that he went to uh Western Kentucky and we have two possible quarterback options right now Garrett Green who played last year he's a good running quarterback um then the new Nico Markiel I, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name yet because a lot of people just call Nico but I mean he's already got an NIL deal the car dealership in Grafton. Uh, so he's rolling in hot. But um, they brought in Graham Harrell. This was where I think the biggest move was. And I think Neil Brown needed to do something that showed we're building. And he brought in Graham Harrell uh, from USC or played football at USC uh, to be the offensive coordinator, um, call the plays. He's a big passing guy. Um, so I think it makes that quarterback battle or what have you. Um, a little more interesting. Do we go back to an air raid type offense? Um, I could see it being a split system again, kind of. That's how Garrett Green was towards the end of the season last year with Daggy coming in and do some running plays, some trick play type stuff. So I think it'd be interesting. I think there's a lot of building to do. Um, we had a de- decent defense last year that I think we can continue to build upon. Um, I just, I'm feeling better that we brought in Graham Harrell. Like we're making some kind of move to try to, like put up a gate and stop letting everyone just run to the transfer portal and leave. So hopefully we can make people stick around and go from there. Fair enough. So as we're wrapping it up, uh, any final thoughts on college football before I get into the rankings? Gears, Gears, Mountaineers. Yes. We are Penn state. No. All right. Fair enough. Oh, oh no. Oh, <laughs> you, you had an opportunity. I gave you like a five well, second I, window. I, it speaks for itself. With we don't need what? We don't need to speak. That what? That what? what well, speaks let me go into the rankings. We'll go in the rankings and let, let that speak for itself. What's what's Michigan's fight song? What's their cry? All right. So the final <laughs> rankings for the year. Let's go, Wolverines. Go blue. Go blue. We like khaki. That's what theirs is. All right, like, so uh, final rankings. Georgia's Michigan's won. better than Ohio State right now, right? I'm not going to say a damn word. Can we please move on? Is Jim yes. Harbaugh still in your bad coaches list? No, I told you. He gets a pass. Number Bunk one, Georgia. Number two, Bama. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Cincinnati. Number five, Baylor. Number six, Ohio State. Number seven, Oklahoma State. Number eight, Notre Dame. Number nine, Michigan State. 
Number 10, Oklahoma. Do we have any issues with the top 10 as the way it fell at the end of this year? I, I don't even care, if I'm being honest I with you. I don't care. I don't care about the top 10 because it means nothing in the end. All I care about is who was, no, who was number one. So then the bowls don't matter. Oh, here we go. The, the bowls matter for those teams and for those players. They do not matter to me to the rankings at all. I don't. So the I bowls don't, mean nothing. The bowls mean something to those teams and to so the those players. Those 200 who, players. I just said it means something to the players who are trying to put their last bit of film together for the Do NFL they mean draft. anything to you, sir? I, I just said that they don't. Okay, thank you. That's all I need. They mean nothing to me. I don't, I don't have so- any problems with the top ten. Thank you, Alex, for participating. You're welcome. I, I don't either. I think, you know, you can mess with Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Oklahoma all you want, but I think it's fine where it is. So we now leads us to the too early top 25 for next year. Don't care. I think it's interesting because I do put the odds in there to win the national title. Um, I'll give you just the top 10. If we have any questions or comments about anything else, let me know. If you guys mm-hmm. want to know, yep. look it up. Um, Alabama is your number one plus 200 odds. Is it plus or minus? Plus, these are all pluses, no minuses. Okay. Uh, Georgia, plus 200. Then Ohio State, plus 600. So Vegas is very much in the camp of Georgia's not going to have a fall off. In fact, to the tune of they're putting Bama and Georgia at the same level. Yes. Interestingly enough, number four, Clemson at plus 800 odds. Why is that interesting, Jim? Well, considering last year they were ranked uh, 14, and then they jump them all the way up to four. Freshman quarterback, ACC. That's a. It's it's typically a pretty easy automatic bid. They just screwed it up this year. Okay. They screwed up the first four or five games, which is what put them out of place. Number five, Texas A&M at plus 3,500. Utah is ranked number six at plus 6,600. Notre Dame, number seven, plus 6,600. Michigan is ranked eighth in the AP top 25, but plus 3,500 odds to win the national title. Wake Forest, nine, plus 8,000. And Oklahoma, 10, at plus 3,500. And State is not ranked. And the too early, which is, I'm not, that's not a shot. I know we're going to, I'm trying to, that is not a shot. I find it very interesting that they're not ranked. Like for the reasons I think I talked about, it's going to be young talent coming in in the skill positions at wide receiver. Okay. And and an an unproven offensive line. Iowa's 18 at plus 10,000 odds. Right. You put Iowa over Penn State in the ranking. I don't right know. Now? I don't know. I don't know enough about what Iowa's losing and not losing. Okay, that's I'll what do I'm this saying. One like, for you. Yeah. I'll put this one in. Pitt, twenty-two, with plus eight thousand odds. Did we not what see Pitt their? Have? Did we not see their third-string quarterback almost win a bowl game? <laughs> Are we saying that Pitt's third string is better than Penn State? Their quarterback situation's better. I'm saying, who else? Who else from the ACC is in this ranking right now? Clemson. Clemson. That's Pitt, the number two team in the ACC, is what they're banking on there. Top 25. Okay. All right. 
Well, you're looking at when you're looking at the Big Ten, how many other Big Ten teams are in this one? Five of them. Right. So second team from the ACC squeaks into the top 25. Three of which are on Penn State's side. Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio right. State. Right. Michigan State's obviously losing Kenneth Walker the third. It's another one of those I don't know enough about their team to know what they've got and not got coming back. Uh, it's interesting odds. I, the rankings are in front of you. Are there any surprises here for you guys? Not really. Not in the top 10. Um, Kentucky's still ranked? Yeah, yeah, Kentucky's still ranked. I was looking 24. at the bottom part here, but that can change so much. I don't think I'm going to get worked up about it. Yeah, I, I don't think these are worth getting worked up about. I think uh, the transfer portal is going to mix everything up. I, USC will probably jump when everything get, when the dust settles with these transfers. Um, Ohio State... Alabama, Georgia can land anybody at any point. Um, but these are just interesting. But that's uh, college football. And we can finally put the uh, rubber stamp that this is over and we can go down the cold abyss of the winter. Put the women and children to bed and let's go look for freaking dinner. This is Quick Thoughts. Our weekly, we didn't have our weekly meeting before of how are we going to start this? <laughs> and it always ends up being exactly what Jim just said, but we didn't preface that with the conversation of how are we going to start this yeah, this week. So a little bit behind the curtain for you listeners. It, before we hit the record button, it goes like this. How do we start this? And then we repeat Same it. We and then we go, okay, go. And then you hear exactly what you just heard, except we didn't do it this time. All three of us looked at each other and we <laughs> oh, I was looking at you because I knew how it was supposed to start. I knew it wasn't well, me. Then, you should have said, how does it start so we keep tradition going, Muff? Come well, on. I know, I know Muff. how it starts. Clearly Muff's fault. Yeah, we are creatures of <laughs> habit, Muff. It's clearly my fault that I didn't, cannot I didn't remind everybody. <laughs> All righty. This is our weekly quick thoughts. I will be here with my arbitrary uh, point making and rule keeping and pretty much doing whatever I want in order to moderate these two goons quickly arguing out some hot topics in sports. This is on quick. You guys ready? You guys ready for, for this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's start in the, we'll continue and we'll say the NCAA football world. So the ACC does not want to expand playoffs. Uh, one of their points is worrying about teams ending up playing about 17 games if they're in a conference title game and then four games in a 12-team playoff. And they're also concerned that they have bigger issues to figure out in things such as the transfer portal and NIL deals. We'll start with Jim on this one. Thoughts? So I, I think that Commissioner Jeff Jim Phillips coming out and taking a big – we're not going to do this because we have a bigger fish to fry and then say player safety of 17 games. And that's why we're not going to do this. We still want to do it, but we got to figure out other things. You should have just stayed quiet because we all know asshat Kevin would have done it for you. So now the world's going to blame the ACC when probably a lot of other commissioners feel the same way. Um, I do think the NIL deal and the transfer portal and a lot of other things need to be fixed. Um, obviously, I don't think 
expansion is the biggest issue in college football when you have those other things. But Jim, you Jim Phillips, you dove on a grenade that you probably shouldn't have as the man in the ACC. Muff? Yeah, I mean, the ACC, it's a way for them to, to get their name out there a little bit more by being united in opposition. At least they're united in this opposition. Um, I do agree there are bigger things to look into right now than the playoff, but as we all know, if this continues down this path, there is going to be some type of breakaway of power conferences into something different, and if this is what happens to be over the next three, four, five years. Um, this is the start of it. United in opposition now until we can figure out how to make this work for us as the power five to break away um, and do what we got to do to make all of the money off of this aside from sharing it with the NCAA. Yeah. And as a, just a little bit of a retort, not necessarily against Muff, but I think the ACC has two teams, Pitt and Clemson. The big 10 has five. The, SEC has four or five, and already it's pre-ranked top 25. The ACC is worried about their two teams playing 17 games to try to get to the championship. I don't think you should have spoke, Jim Phillips. I think you should have let Kevin, again, Kevin, if you're worried about player safety, as he said a little bit prior to this, let him dive on the grenade. His big mouth runs all the time. Let him Let him fall on it. I like that take. Also, I have to do a quick interjection here. Live looking on the football game. This is important. Kyler Murray was just about to get sacked in the end zone for a safety. Does this weird sidearm toss flip in the air to try to get rid of it? It gets intercepted by like a lineman who runs it right in. It was awesomely horrible. So it's 21 nothing? Yes. Well, if pending pending extra point. I like it wasn't a lineman. I take that back. I think it was like a cornerback. But regardless, cool play. I mean, terrible if you're a Cardinals fan. Cool if you're a Rams fan. All right, moving on. Quick thoughts continue. Sorry for the – I digress. We're going to move to the state of Hawaii, where Todd Graham has resigned after two seasons. Uh, this is a week after his state senate hearing – um, where former players testified about verbal abuse and general culture problems. Um, the athletic director there, David Matlin, stays supportive, um, and there are now 17 Hawaii players in the transfer portal. Muff, thoughts? Hawaii players in the transfer portal, Hawaii. 17 of them. There we go. There's a musical interlude, prelude I needed. Um, this is kind of uh, timely with what happened with Bruce Arians on the sideline uh, over the weekend of a college football coach be calling to call to the record a little bit here. Um, obviously, if there is a lot of former players coming with testimony alleging this verbal abuse um, and culture of the program, uh, I believe, and I don't know if it was within this, actually, I don't think it's within this is tenure after two seasons. I think Hawaii did have a, player within the last five to 10 years, high profile player who uh, took his own life. So I think within that program, yeah, within the culture of that, if you have that weighing on the minds, the hearts and the emotions of the team and the program itself, and you are seeing this and players are coming out with this potentially abusive culture, it's time to go, bud. Like at this point, you don't have time to mess around with that program. Be gone. 
couple things from my end. I think it's interesting that there was a state Senate hearing on this because obviously the state has to afford the buyout when they do fire him. I think that's interesting. I'm not sure any of the other 50 states even do that, but it's it's interesting. I think that's cool. Um, the athletic director supporting his coach. When you have 17 players jumping in the portal and there's a Senate hearing, I think that's a bad look, sir. I think you should tread lightly when you're supporting, and I think that's the quickest way to uh, get the ax yourself when the investigation's over. So I, I'm glad he's gone. Obviously, where there's smoke, there's fire in this situation, in my opinion, and I'm not always that way, but there's a lot of smoke. Agreed. Let's move on to slightly more east to UCLA, where I'm giving a geogra- geography lesson, geography lesson. Go right and up on the map to get to UCLA. Do you know what happens when the clouds rise in California? UCLA. UCLA. And Chip Kelly have agreed to a four-year extension worth $4.7 million annually, which also includes incentives that Kelly could make $23 million over the course of this contract, which will go through 2025. Jim? Wow. To afford Chip Kelly this kind of money, only because Oklahoma, or not Oklahoma, Oregon found their coach is... I think that's a stretch. I wouldn't have paid Chip Kelly this kind of money. He, he hasn't produced those kind of results for this kind of money. UCLA, I think, he, you are the you are the consolation prize, UCLA. You didn't need to pay him this kind of money. He wasn't going anywhere. Muff? Uh, I want to say that Chip Kelly at least has some type of recruiting prowess in the West Coast, which I think is – one of the big reasons to hold on to him at this point, especially when you have an unproven entity coming into USC um, out of Oklahoma, as far as what type of West coast recruiting LA recruiting is going to be there. Um, Obviously Oregon is doing their thing. They're getting the players that they're getting, but I think Chip Kelly, they had to lock him in because of the unknowns of what the recruiting grabs would be. If they don't lock in Chip Kelly, Lincoln Riley can come in and easily take over that recruiting area. I, I like that. I like that. I'll take that. I don't think that she, that he's done anything to earn that contract. But we'll move on to the NBA, out of the football realm. Really putting it to bed now. The NBA, or should I say the KDBA. Get it? Kevin Durant Basketball Association. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Kevin Durant was fined again for using bad words. This makes a grand total of $65,000 for foul language this year for Kevin Durant. Let's just, we'll just, let's just clip it there. Muff, thoughts on his cuss words. We see that we, we heard it in the Nickelodeon game. George Kittle dropped an F-bomb in the middle of the Nickelodeon game on, on Saturday or Sunday, whichever day they played. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> so we're doing it. It's so that happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think George Kittle is at least being fined outwardly. 
So I think that's something. I think the NFL, with these little fines, is better at keeping them under wraps than the NBA. I think the NBA and its players come out a little bit more about when these fines get levied and they disagree with them being coming down on them. So do I think that it has to be, there has to be something that's done. Yeah. I think there has to be something that's done. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know where the lines are drawn and everything like that. Uh, Cause it is potentially young children that are at these games and are hearing these things. So um, yeah. So let's also add some more stuff for Jim. I'm going to, I'm going to add to the pot for you. So he was fined for using the profane language, and he was also failed to comply with an NBA security interview as part of the review process. Anything, Jim? First off, he shouldn't be fined. Unbelievable. He was asked a question. He gave us real thoughts. I have no issues. You want to you find me for not complying with an interview because I said something? Roll the tape back. You'll hear exactly what I said, and it's what I meant. He was asked basically, hey, you're, you've been losing. You've been having the schedule issues and the travel issues. Do you think that's to blame? And he was basically like, I'm not making any excuses. Everybody's got the same effed up schedule. You know what I'm saying? But the game is a game. Let's talk about the game. So basically, Come on. Because I don't like KD. Up. Yeah, I don't like KD. KD's. Probably one of, if you've listened to the show, probably one of my least favorite basketball players. But at least he's owning up to the fact that, like, I'm not making excuses. We lose. Everybody's traveling. It is what it is. So he cursed. Get over it. Do you think that the NBA is mad because he said everybody's schedule is effed up and they make the schedule and they didn't like the criticism they felt? I or do you think they- it's just because he said F? I think the NBA likes to be very clean cut. I think um, Silver is big into the image of the NBA. I don't think it's in yeah. the, the, the shot. Now, if this was Roger Goodell, yes. That <laughs> yeah. would okay. criticizing the league, yes. Good point. Two different but leagues. What if what if LeBron James were? He got fine too. That happened. Because I went I actually looked at this. I was like, oh, are they treating him different than LeBron? Like, is LeBron getting that that gold status? LeBron's been fine for his language too. So I just think the NBA finds people sometimes to try to keep it clean. And we're not allowed to look at them like humans. Keeping with the Kevin Durant train, our next quick thought also includes Kevin Durant. He was out the second half of Saturday's game against the Pelicans from a sprain in his knee when he collided with Herbert Jones. He's expected to miss four to six weeks with this injury. Kyrie still ineligible to play in home games, and Durant has been picking up some of that slack. Um, any thoughts on that situation now, Jim? This again, I am not a fan of KD, but he is coming out, coming back after a year of sitting out from an Achilles tendon surgery, while the star, his, his bash brother, his the guy we went out there and paid money for Kyrie is sitting at home debating whether he wants the vaccination or not. And we're surprised by this injury. I don't think so. Like it's, he's carrying the load. And like we talked about last week, Katie's saying he doesn't talk about the vaccination status with Kyrie. How's that? uh, How's that knee feel brother? I think it's time we talk to Kyrie and say, Hey, I'm hurting here. How about you come in and carry the load a little bit? Muff? It's too early in the season. Load management's not not 
a big thing yet. I don't think he's playing crazy minutes compared to what he's done in the past, at least there. Now I get he's coming off an injury, so maybe more than they would like him to be playing. But this is, he had a collision with somebody. That has nothing to do with his lead management. If it was a non-contact injury, if you know something like that happened or it was an Achilles coming at you again, then maybe I'd be talking about this. But I think it's still too early in their season to be talking about heavy minutes leading to this specific injury. He's out four to six weeks. This man's trying to be a long-term player, a long-term legend, and part of the equation is willfully sitting out. I understand the load management. It's early. I get it. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to rest a little bit, to be able to take – I'm not saying sit down. I'm saying to be able to rely on somebody else to take some of these hits. They're going to for the next four to six weeks. Yeah. All right. So sticking to the vaccination status, COVID-19 topic that we've been under for the last several years, uh, COVID-19 is surging across the country. However, the NBA is scaling back its testing of players starting on Saturday. So that this Saturday? So it's past Saturday. Saturday yeah. Past Saturday. I was going to say, I think yeah. that started. Uh so it started basically tier one personnel don't have to test every day unless you're symptomatic or recently exposed. If you are unvaccinated or if you are eligible for the booster, but haven't gotten it yet, you still have to undergo daily testing until February 17th. Uh, Muff, any thoughts on the lessened uh, COVID requirements in the midst of a surge? Uh, this, I mean, it's the same thing that we're seeing with the NFL as well. They're, they're making changes to their protocols at a time whenever they don't want to have to worry as much about key players, stars sitting out. Um, they're still doing testing to test some degree. Positive. You, it's right. If you don't, if you don't have a test and you don't know if it's a problem. Um, and these are obviously, I think their protocols still have, if you're experiencing symptoms and you should go get tested. So at this point, this is just, not picking up the asymptomatic positives that they would have been getting like they were before. So it's just a way to end around um, the higher positivity rate in the world right now, or at least in the United States. Jim, Jim, I see you have a thought. No, I I agree with Muff in this situation. Every business in the world is figuring out a way to keep their, their employees at work and trying to, lessen the blow that COVID has that doesn't make it right but that's what's happening um i think it is funny as we talked about in two thoughts ago the adam silver who tries to make it a very clean cut league is scaling it back when they were the originators of all of the protocols it's it's ironic but it's understandable when you're trying to keep the league going i get it All right, so staying in the league, we'll move on to the Lakers. The Lakers suffered a 37-point loss to the Nuggets on Saturday, which is the second biggest loss of LeBron James' 19-year career. Uh, After loss, Magic Johnson tweeted, We as Lakers fans can't accept being outplayed, but we deserve more than a lack of effort and no sense of urgency. The owner, Jeannie Buss, you deserve better. Well, James left the arena and didn't talk to reporters. This left Russell Westbrook to handle damage control. Uh, Russ said, Magic's entitled to his opinion, 
and he's not here every day. He's not around us every day. He's not aware of what's going on internally with us and trying to figure things out. But I have no response to that. Uh, like I said, everyone in this world is entitled to their opinion, and that's that. The Lakers, who are hopefully optimistic that they get AD back from his MCL sprain at the end of January, clearly have a little bit of trouble in paradise. Jims, any thoughts on that? Whoa. That is a that is a big package to unpack. I think that LeBron James leaving the arena and leaving his teammates to answer for that large loss when you're supposed to be the leader is piss poor. I think Magic is right to a large degree. I think that Laker fans do deserve better. Um, I think Russ's answer was the best you could do in Russ's situation. Magic is entitled to his opinion. It, it is probably a valid opinion. Magic is not there every day. Um, he's not aware of what's going on internally, which seems to be, you know, a firehouse. And that, you know, it is what it is, but it looks like there's chaos. And if we're banking on AD coming back to save the whole baby with the bathwater situation, I don't think that's going to happen. Muff? I mean, I said it coming into this season. I didn't think the Lakers were going to be um, major contenders, the geriatric unit in L.A. right now. Um, See, I, I agree. Oh, I'm sorry. This is your moment. Oh, yeah. That's my quick thought. Get out of here. I, I, I am glad that you stopped yourself and I didn't have to eh at you. So I haven't had Thank to you. at anyone in a while. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I just sorry. Month gone. And the fact that I mean the Lakers expect a certain level of excellence. I just don't think that's going to be this team. Yeah, AD comes back here at the end of January. We're going to get into a little bit more about Russ later. Um, I just I don't think this team is destined to be what the Lakers and the Lakers management and Lakers royalty want it to be. And Magic. Doing to do magic things. He has influence. He's going to say it now. He's got an axe to grind with the Laker organization from a management perspective. But um, yeah, I mean, Russ did what he could do in that situation. I just, I think you're going to hear this for the rest of the season. I, I okay. have an issue with you calling it the geriatric unit because it's not think... the first time I've said it. And I, every time you've said it, I've come at you. I just think that that's not necessarily the issue. I think the issue is more a lack of leadership and LeBronitis. I think that. They've never figured themselves out with LeBron, and LeBron's never really figured out his role inside that that organization. It doesn't. I don't uh, think age is the issue. All right, cutting that off, and we'll get to our last NBA topic. The NBA is soft, or are they getting soft? Russ Westbrook not happy that he was the ice cold player of the game, and there will no longer be cold as ice played at the Kings Arena. We have Kyle Lowry who got ejected for quote unquote throwing the ball at an official after call. I think he threw it and it happened to go in the direction of the official. And Devin Booker gets mad about a mascot behind the hoop while shooting free throws. Are we getting a little soft? Jim? First. Is it my turn first? It's your turn. Oh, I'm sorry. Muff? <laughs> I think it's hilarious that the NBA had to come out and tell the Kings organization that they cannot play cold as ice and have an ice cold player of the game. They're pretty much playing that song after Russ would miss a free, a three. 
throughout the entire game. And that and that made this happen. I don't know if they've been doing it all season, but the fact that it happened to Russ, and this is what we're hearing about, is hilarious to me. Kyle Lowry, I don't think should have been ejected. I don't think it was a forceful throw at an official. I think it was just throwing the ball and official was where he tossed the ball. It wasn't like he winged it at anybody. And the fact that Devin Booker got upset because a mascot was doing something under the hoop or in the background, isn't that what happens in the NBA? Like fans pull up their shirts and do crazy things behind the backboard. So all this happening in one week to me, yes, I think the NBA is going a little too hard in that direction right now Jim I think the cold as ice thing I agree with Muff the ball bouncing towards an official I do not agree with Muff because that's happened it's consistent that's a thing they've got ejected yes that that's that's happened before and this is my time don't get ant I just want him to cite an example that's all I want I'll look it up and I'll google it and I'll send it to you but it's happened before uh, the Devin Booker thing, I agree with, too. All right. Good. Good job. We're moving on from the NBA. That was a lot of NBA talk. We're getting to that time of year. It's this after league. Christmas. It comes this league. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to tennis. Tennis, our, our favorite sport that we know a whole bunch about. Um, Novak Djokovic. Deported from Australia prior to the start of the Australian Open because he's not vaccinated. He lost a legal battle to overturn this decision. Um, he's out. France also just passed a vaccine law last weekend, so could keep him out of the French Open in May as well. Jim? I don't understand what this man's thinking. You have to tour the world to play your sport and you didn't see this coming. I understand that this is your prerogative to not get a vaccine. That is your business. But the other business you have is to make money. And if the rules are changing around the world, may not be that way in America, but other countries are forcing you to do it. What was your plan? I. I don't get how you thought that was going to play out, Djokovic. Muff? He is from Serbia, and his government supports him and his fans. Don't play uh, tennis in Serbia, then. Yeah, so, yeah, the fact that he got to Australia and then was like, I'm here, now we got to fight this battle. Like, this was, I don't think this is an unknown situation. Well, it... I know a little bit about the situation and I'm not trying to interrupt your time. He had an exemption prior. And then when he got there, they took his exemption away. The Australia thing makes sense. Like why he thought I can play now. I can't play. What's the deal. Let me try to do an appeal. But then like France passed a law. You didn't have an appeal. France passed a law. Jim. That was a, that would have been something that we could have talked about during the rebuttal. I, I stopped now. But France passed the law. Then France passed France the law. Passed Stop. And you are welcome to have your rebuttal a couple seconds at the end, but I think we need to I'm let him finish now. That's okay. You did lose a point there. What about all his? He lost the point too earlier. Okay. We'll talk about the points later. I I'm going to lose points. two because he challenged you as well. No, you don't. He did not challenge. He didn't mean it. 
He did beat it. Okay. Boys. Anyway, Novak, Off. you do what you're getting into, buddy. This is my turn. I'm well on top, right? passed the law. Yes. Novak knew he was getting to in Australia. He got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. And this is this is what you got to deal with, buddy. And France is, I mean, you've got four months to figure it out for France. So either you start fighting that battle now, or you just bite the bullet and get it, or don't play. Like, those are your options. Figure it out. Novak, if you want to continue on your potential dominance and get another major, this is what you got to do. I... Does he do the Aaron Rodgers route and just say he's immunized? I, I don't think they have an option there, Jim. And my other question is, is there an international immuniz- immunization card? Hmm, like a passport? Yeah. Because I definitely feel like Serbia, as much as they support him, would just make one up for him. Uh, that's that's kind of what yeah, I was I'm just being honest. Like, the Serbs are like, you need card? Here, go. Go play. Oh. Oh, I feel like Jim just generalized an entire I mean, entire portion of of the world. Isn't that what AB did? Maybe he needs to call AB. Yeah, how'd you do that? <laughs> he got his chef to do it. I hear you have a chef. <laughs> All right, we're moving on before we get ourselves in trouble. Last topic, the WNBA. Sue Bird, coming back for a 19th season. She's 41 years old and will return to the Seattle Storm. Thoughts? Muff? Jim? Muff? Thoughts? Good, good job, Bird? Sue Bird. I mean, Sue Bird's an icon in the sport, so this is this is good for the WNBA to continue to have her in a role. Um, interested to see in the coming years what she transitions to for the WNBA, whether that's in a coaching role, general management role, or whether it's just a general brand icon for the WNBA. Really interested to see what that transition is moving forward. So three things. One, I'm she should be elevated more in the GOAT status in sports, in my opinion, to be 41 years old, 19 seasons in, and still playing at the level she's playing, and she's the uh, all-time assist leader in the NBA. <laughs> Two, her logic for coming back, or part of the reason she wants to come back, is to play in the arena that she kind of started. Now, it's not the actual all arena. It was, they remodeled the arena. But basically, she was in there for the Kraken debut and was like, ooh, I want to come back here and play. So now she's coming back and playing. And three, and this is more of a question muff, and I know I, I try not to go back and forth with you. This is quick thoughts, but... Do you believe that she, because of her status in the WNBA, doesn't leave the WNBA, coaches the WNBA, or does she have prospects to coach in the NBA? The fact that, and I always forget her, Becky from the Spurs came to the WNBA leads me to believe that a lot of the women that have high profiles in basketball are doing what they can to raise the level of the brand within the WNBA moving forward. Okay, fair. Yeah. And like just, just just so we're clear, if you play in the in a league for 19 years and you hold records and you continue to play, that makes you GOAT status? I think for, for her level, yeah, I think so. I think sh- she should be in the conversation. So just, she's a starter on that team still. She still contributes very much. 
like that makes you good status. Wait a minute. You're just going to say that Sue Bird is just a starter who contributes. I don't do you, do you know her stats? Like she's the all-time you, leader think... in assists, sir. Right, just cuz you're all-time leader doesn't make you mean you're she still the best on the court. She's a champion. Okay. So she's so Ben Roethlisberger, Sue Bird, same conversation then. I, I knew where this was going. <laughs> I saw it. Did Ben Roethlisberger play it. for 19 years in the NFL? Uh, yes. 19 years. I believe it's 18 or 19. Yes. Let's cite it, Muff. Let's go. Well, you please, want me to cite it? You guys keep, it. keep this. <laughs> it's it's at least 18, if not 19. I just want to make sure. I just want to like. I want to set this up that way. I understood. That's fine. And how many records does Ben have? I would like to see that too, because that's part of the, the goat status here. Eighteen seasons. Okay. Okay. Hit. He has I mean, the third. One more to match, a, but sure. He is a. Well, she hasn't played her nineteenth season yet, so she's about down. to. Six time. She's six not time a quitter. Six-time Pro Bowler, Steelers leader in passing yards. I don't hear um, third. Records. I hear Steeler records. I hear Pro Bowl. I don't hear league records. League record for the most time walking out of a press conference in a walking boot. Sure. Weirdest use of fedora. Like, there's no league records here, guys. And he quit he's before in NFL history. He's fifth in NFL history in pass completions. Is he yeah. leading he's the NFL? In pass attempts. Oh, let's, let's just hold on. How long has WNBA been going attempt. on? How long is... 19 years, Muff. At least NFL. 19 years. The WNBA? Oh, yeah. yeah. The NFL's been going on for how many years? How, what Super Bowl are we in? Okay. When we what, get three times this. How many, how, how many good quarterbacks has the NFL seen and how many WNBA stars have they been to compare to? I understand your yinzers, but she's leading I, I'm just a category completely honest. 19 years in at 41 years old. How old's Ben? Uh, John Stockton did this in the NBA. Eh, okay. John Stockton Coat. He's up there. <laughs> See, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand. Like, I'm Jim, saying, like, it's in the conversation. If you right. if we could roll the tape if, back, if you, if she's have, in the conversation. Right. In sports Goat. I will if, say, if you, have a, if you have a if you have a thing for Sue Bird in this whole thing, Jim, it's okay. You just I'm, to, a, I'm okay with having a thing for Sue Bird. I, I don't yeah. deny my celebrity crushes you. Um, now that I'm down this rabbit hole of looking at Ben's stats, by the way, I just uh-huh. like to say he is the th- he has the third most games started in league history, 246. Think of how many injured games he had too. You had those in. He might be the most starts. That, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I'm also derailing this conversation quickly, where you're quickly taking an exit off the quick thoughts ramp because this is no longer quick. This has been long, and I'm going to go over your points now. You each have. You've ended it yourselves in a tie again. Um, I would like to say that Muff lost a point initially for interruption. Jim lost a point for interruption. And during Jim's interruption, Muff was given a plus one for patience because he did let you go down the rabbit hole. But then Muff got a negative one for stirring the shit. So he lost two points, right? Yes, but he got one and you lost one point. You didn't get any points this time. I didn't get any points. I mean, all no, my has, great points. You had good points. You like, think they're great points. Alex needs to think they're great points, though. I just, I'm very frugal with my points. No, Muff didn't get anything for good points this time. He got it for bad behavior, bad behavior, and then like somewhat good behavior. 
I feel like I'm flipping. I feel like this is like preschool. Like I'm flipping your cards. Like Muff was on like orange for a while. (laughs) And then he got back to green because he was good. All right. So another tie. Another tie. All right. That leads us to the end of the show here. As always, follow us on social media at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, Sports Stuff, W forward slash Jim Ambersand Muff, and the newly created YouTube channel, which you can find in the link tree, link in bio. Yes, Alex? I found a stat that Ben Roethlisberger does lead the league in. Most victories decided in games by six points or less. Good. Really dig deep for it, but kudos. Continue your closure. Go. All right. Uh, Reminder, you can listen to our weekly betting episodes as well as we can wrap up football season on Thursdays. Uh, Last week we had Big Bob at Big Bob Wins. We will continue to have Big Bob at least for the next few weeks. Um, Yeah, get in the YouTube, subscribe, hammer that subscribe button, listen or watch the videos, give us your thoughts, other things you'd like to see. If you have a clip that you'd like tossed in, whether it's YouTube or elsewhere, let us know. And as always, in order to make this ship continue to be built faster than Noah's Ark along the highway, always remember to tell a friend, make a friend, be a friend.